just like in the movies, exactly like in the movies. I was sitting inside watching the news right before I left for work and two military guys show up at your front door. It was Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, when Tim Flair heard that knock on his front door. And the first thing they always say, like I said, just like in the movies, are you Mr. Flair? And I said, yes. They said, the Secretary of Defense sends his condolences. Your son passed away last night. It's absolutely heartbreaking. So how could something like this bring the Flair family closer to God than they had ever been before? You'll hear. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. This is the final episode of our latest series, God's Presence in Disaster. Last week, Tim and Toby Flair talked about their experience with Hurricane Katrina and their process of rebuilding, which took years. And now you're going to hear how another hurricane was overshadowed by the death of their son, Ashton. You're also going to hear Billy Graham shed some light on death. Death is a mysterious thing, just as mysterious as life itself. No one can explain death, and yet death is present. Man has always looked upon death as an enemy. But Jesus said that he had conquered death, had taken the very sting out of death. You'll hear more from Billy Graham later on in this episode. But if you would like to know more right now about the peace Jesus can give you about death and life— then head to our website, findpeacewithgod.net. That is findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. Three years after Hurricane Katrina, life was beginning to look a bit more normal for Tim and Toby Flair, albeit a little crazy. I had just been assigned um, to be the principal of a middle school. I was thinking, okay, Lord, you place me in charge of this school. Here we go. Let's go. So I am in the thick of preparing for the school year. And um, lo and behold, we end up pregnant. (laughs) In in fact, when that happened, I remember telling my doctor, I think you have somebody else's folder. That can't be my chart. You know, because I'm I'm a brand new principal. This is not, there's no way. And, And he says, oh yeah, for sure. So June of 2008, we were blessed with Abby Flair. Fast forward seven years to 2015, and the Flares packed up and moved to where they currently live, Luling, Louisiana. And it was in his new school in Luling that their 13-year-old son, Ashton, began to show talent that shaped his teenage years. He tested into talented art, um, and, and Ashton had never taken an art class in his life, okay? And when he tested into talented art, the kind of work that Ashton did and started to create was just incredible. It became an outlet for expression for him. Ashton also had a lifelong interest in the military. When he went into eighth grade, he, um, you know, the, the military have recruiters that go to the different schools to introduce them to future possibilities. 
And I believe it was in eighth grade when he fell in love with, hey, I'm going to join the military. Ashton always had a, a love and a desire for service. And he started in Cub Scouts and became a Weeblow and worked his way up over the years um, until he earned his Eagle Scout. So he had this sense of American pride. He had such a love of this country and wanted nothing more than to serve in the military. His involvement in the military programs available to high schoolers led Ashton to develop an impressive career plan for someone that was so young. He said, I'm joining the military when I'm 17. Dad, by the time I'm 37, I can retire with 20 years in the military. Then I can go and join and work for the FBI, the Secret Service, a federal agency, Secret Service, CAA, whatever. And from 37 to 57, I can retire from them at 57. Then I'll have two pensions at 57. Ashton was ready to join the military as soon as possible. In fact, he was willing to miss his high school graduation, which had been postponed because of COVID. He was determined to sign up in the Army on the Army's birthday, June 14th. We have a conversation with him. Ashton, they're going to do graduation in July. Why don't you postpone basic training? And he came out and said, absolutely not. I don't want to postpone that. And this is what I want to do. This is my goal. And that's what he did. Ashton Flair officially joined the U.S. Army at 17 years old with the permission of his parents on June 14th, 2020. After completing basic training, he moved on to advanced training at Fort Eustis in Virginia. And it was there, on the night of October 13th, Ashton Flair took his own life. Tim recalls learning about Ashton's death the next morning. Just like in the movies, exactly like in the movies, I was sitting inside watching the news right before I left for work, and two military guys show up at your front door. And the first thing they always say, like I said, just like in the movies, are you Mr. Flair? And I said, yes. They said, the Secretary of Defense sends his condolences. Your son passed away last night. After hearing that news, Tim called Toby's secretary, Celeste, and asked her to bring Toby home. And when Celeste got the phone call, I mean, I can see the expression on her face. And she said, the military is at your house. And uh, I collapsed on the floor. So the team picked me up from the floor. The assistant superintendent um, got in my car because I wasn't driving. Um, She drove my secretary, Celeste, and I. She drove us here to the house. And Tim met me outside and said, Ashton's gone. And when I asked how he died, you know, because I'm thinking accident. I'm thinking there was an accident on the base. And the military chaplain said he took his life. Absolutely devastating. And to make it even more devastating was not knowing why Ashton took his life. An investigation by the Army concluded only that his death was a suicide. No reason behind his decision was ever discovered. 
Even though Tim and Toby were struggling with the mystery of why Ashton took his own life, they still had to carry on with making funeral arrangements. What they didn't know was that there would also be struggles with that. We planned Ashton's funeral three times. So no fault of the military. Let me make this very clear. But we were told Ashton would be home on a certain day. And for whatever reason, COVID, airlines, whatever, and no fault to the airlines. So we're not placing any blame. Uh, He didn't make it home. So we had to reschedule his funeral for another day. So we picked another day, not thinking about Zeta. That's Hurricane Zeta. And because of all the troubles they were having bringing Ashton's body back to Louisiana, the impending hurricane was not on their minds. Yeah, the, the task of bringing their child home had consumed all their thoughts. But even after Ashton's remains made it back to Louisiana, the flares had to keep adapting because of problems caused by Hurricane Zeta. We planned a visitation for Wednesday afternoon and a funeral for Thursday. Zeta hit Wednesday night. We said, okay, since we can't do it because Zeta hit Wednesday night, go ahead ahead and have him cremated Wednesday, and we will have the funeral Thursday. And we work all this out with the funeral home. But it wouldn't be that easy, thanks again to the aftermath of Hurricane Zeta. But Thursday comes along, I show up at church, I bring pictures and all that stuff that you do for a funeral. And the funeral home calls and said, Tim, we got a small problem. Now, keep in mind, Zeta hit Wednesday night. We cremated him last night, but the funeral home lost power also. He is entombed in the crematorium and we can't get it open. Because it's electronically sealed. So he was in a vault. They didn't get power for three days. So we said, look, we don't know when we're going to get power. We don't know what's going to happen. Let's just wait a week. So we waited a week and we finally had a service in November. Even though the flares were heartbroken by Ashton's death and confused over not knowing why he chose to take his life, they didn't lose their faith in God. Instead, they were inspired by looking back on Ashton's faithfulness and his own personal relationship with Jesus. There were times where I would go up to his room late at night and um, and he would be sitting with, in his bed with his knees pulled up and his Bible sitting on his knees with a flashlight and a highlighter or a pen, and he's reading scripture, and he's writing in his Bible. He's interacting with the scripture. That faithful interaction with scripture and his desire to know Jesus better led Ashton to share his love for Jesus with those around him. The number of kids that have reached out, we probably had... I don't know, 15, 20, 25 messages through Facebook of soldiers and basic training that said, if it wasn't for Ashton, I I would not have completed basic training. There was no question about his faith wavering. None. Ashton's story is a reminder that you may not always know the impact you have 
on people's lives. You may even think you've had none. But seeing Jesus in someone always leaves a powerful impression on those around us. Ashton was three years old when Hurricane Katrina struck, and his parents rode out that storm with him in a pack-and-play. On the 16th anniversary of Katrina, God would put their trust in him to another test involving another hurricane. It was August 29th, and and we decided, um, I knew Tim wasn't leaving, and um, and so I said, okay, if you're not leaving, then I'm not leaving. Kind of like in the book of Ruth, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Hurricane Ida was upon them. Tim and Toby stayed at their home with some friends to look after the house, while their 12-year-old daughter, Abby, was sent away with friends for her safety. The only way I can describe the sound of the wind is it is deafening. It is so loud um, as if you were standing next to a freight train going really, really fast. Um, But it's constant. There's no lull. It should have been in and out of here in a matter of four hours, really, or less. It stalled and stayed over us. It was absolute. It was maddening. The wind damaged their roof, which, of course, allowed the rain to make its way into the house. We started realizing that water was dripping in, and then the the drip became a stream, and the stream became a gush. We had buckets, we had pans, you name it, and we couldn't keep up with it. And Tim says, get a garbage can. So we get one of the big garbage cans from the garage. And as we are putting the garbage can under one of the big light fixtures, literally the entire ceiling caved in on the back of my head. Tim and Toby and the friends who were staying with them all made it through the hurricane okay. Ashton's bedroom did not. God also watches over us, even though Ashton's room was the first room that got water, it was his way of saying it's time to clean up and get rid of some of Ashton's things. So I think God had a plan, and it was time to, to move forward a little bit. Although the storm destroyed many of Ashton's personal belongings, it couldn't destroy the legacy he left to those who had known him. The stories that we got from fellow soldiers about his faith and how he would have conversations with people about their faith and his and God being, you know, Jesus is his savior. And it was incredible. After Hurricane Ida had blown through their town, one of Toby's co-workers put them in touch with our sister ministry, Samaritan's Purse. Its teams were there at work in the area. I hemmed it hard on it for a little while. I didn't act on it immediately. I really didn't. We didn't want to take the manpower from other families who could really, really use it and benefit. We're not worthy of that. There are other families that need it more than we need it. You know, tight white Tim, I'm gonna we do our own thing. We did it through Katrina with seven houses. Why not do it for this house? But they have trained folks that know what to do in various disasters, and they are wonderful. So often, God ordains just the right people from Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team to interact with the right people at the right time. It's remarkable. That is exactly what happened with the Flares and the team that came to check on their house after Ida. We let them into the house, and the first thing that the gentleman says is, 
Who um, who was was Ashton Flair? How did how did he pass? I'm just thinking. Okay, how do you know the name Ashton Flair, and how do you know that he's gone? And and he's he says, well, the the gold star in the window. Not said, not many people know what a gold star means. And I said, are you military? And he says, no, but my two sons are. And I know what the gold star means. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, so wait, where are you from? And uh, he says, I came from Virginia. I live not far off of the base of Fort Eustis. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Which is where Ashton was. The Samaritan's Purse worker recognized that Gold Star families are ones who have lost a member of their family in military service. And this was just one more instance of Tim and Toby seeing God work in their lives through every difficult situation. And Ashton's death very much changed the way they approached the aftermath of Ida compared to Katrina. Night and day difference. I don't go, I can't, not I don't, I cannot function any day without prayer, music, worship, petitions. God has woven himself into the fabric of my daily thoughts and work, like throughout the day. Katrina, Katrina was one thing, taught us a lot of lessons. And, and it's, it's kind of like God tugging on a tassel of your cloak. Ashton, for me, absolutely brought me to my knees. Prayer has been a part of my everyday life journey from, from that point. And, and I can't see it. I can't see my life being any different. I can't see it any other way. Tim also changed his approach to life from do-it-yourself to relying on God to take care of things. 180-degree turnaround, because it's not about me or the family. It's about him, God, and serving others. It's also about opening yourself, opening your heart, and allowing God to come in. Because if you don't do that, you don't see his graces. So for anybody out there, don't wait for something tragic to happen. Now is the time and it's now is your time. And as soon as you allow that door to be open or put those walls down and allow God in before something happens and allow him to walk with you now instead of waiting for that tragedy, you have to have God in your life. No matter what happens in their lives, Tim and Toby Flair have a peace that's anchored in their relationship with Jesus Christ. You can have that same kind of peace when you have a personal relationship with Jesus. To learn more, visit our website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Before we wrap up this episode, we're going to hear from Billy Graham, who is going to shed some light on the subject of death. And we're also going to hear from Toby again. She has some insight into God's love for us after all that has happened in her family's life. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. 
death is a mysterious thing, just as mysterious as life itself. No one can explain death, and yet death is present. Billy Graham. When Christ came, he gave a new approach to death. Man has always looked upon death as an enemy, but Jesus said that he had conquered death, had taken the very sting out of death. The Bible teaches that you are an immortal soul. Your soul is eternal and will live forever. If you're not a Christian and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, then the Bible teaches that your soul goes immediately to a place Jesus called hell, where you will await the judgment of God. However, for those of you who have received Christ as Savior, the story is as different as night and day. Christ was judged in your place on the cross. He took your hell, your punishment, your sins. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Death is real. It is everywhere about us and strikes with devastating swiftness. How do you prepare for death, you ask? There's only one way of preparation, and that is by receiving Christ into your heart. This can be done by a simple act of faith on your part. You can say an eternal yes, and the entire matter can be settled now. You can know with absolute certainty that you are ready to meet your God. If you'd like to know more about the peace that comes with accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we have someone ready to talk with you right now. Call our prayer line. The number is 888-388-2683. That is 888-388-2683. On this episode of GPS, you're listening to Tim and Toby Flair share the heartbreaking story of having lost their son, Ashton. They understand that they serve a merciful God and that no matter what happens, God loves them. So many people in this world will look at this situation with Ashton, would look at Katrina, would look at Ida. There are so many people who would be so quick to say, what kind of God is that that you worship? That's not a loving God, but he is. He's an absolutely generous, merciful, kind, incredible God. We have all just realized what's really important in life, you know, and, and the, the sense of our need. It's an absolute need to be with God, in relationship with God. You can't do life without it. We just can't. We greatly appreciate Tim and Toby Flair and their sharing of their son Ashton's legacy and their journey of faith with us. This has been the final episode of our God's Presence in Disaster series. We'll be back later this year. Make sure you subscribe to GPS, God, People, Stories, via your favorite podcasting app. That way, when we're back, you'll know about it. Also, if you've been enjoying this series of GPS, let us know about it. Send us a review on your podcasting app or on the Billy Graham Radio Facebook page. And you know, you can also go to billygram.org to sign up for our weekly weekend encouragement email. It's filled with inspiring content from Billy Graham Radio, and it is delivered every Saturday morning. We'll include a link to subscribe to that email in the show notes. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of GPS God People Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.